You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And we are right back with you here on Listen Up. Hope everybody is doing well. NFL free agency news. We talk about the Kings. We talk about Major League Baseball. We got the the NCAA tournament starting up. We got a lot of things going on. How are you today? Great Napier with you on Listen Up. So great to have you here. You know the routine. If you want to come on with me, all you need to do is hit hit the uh, hand icon, raise your hand, and... What's that sound? All right, let's talk about this today. We got a lot of good things going on. All right, I want to start with the Kings. I did my rant on this today. I mean, you're not going to the playing tournament, all right? You're just not. I mean, you have 12 games left. You're five games back in a loss column. All right, let's wake up. You beat the Chicago Bulls last night. Now you have 45 losses and 25 wins. You're probably not going to finish worse than Oklahoma City now. You play Indiana next week. They're 23 and 46. You're certainly not going to finish worse than Orlando, Detroit, or Houston. So if you include Oklahoma City, the best the Kings could do would be with the fifth worst record. Again, Indiana, one more loss than Sacramento. San Antonio, two fewer defeats than Sacramento. Now, here's what I'm saying. Listen, I credit Alvin Gentry. He's going out. He's doing what he should do as a coach. He's trying to win every single night. That's what a coach's job is. The players that he puts out on the floor have been the regulars. He's playing them a lot of minutes, and they're trying to go out and compete. That's what they get paid for. Here's the point that I'm trying to make. One selection, one, one, you know, the difference between fourth and fifth or fifth and sixth can be huge. All right. I mean, I'm all for playing the younger guys right now. You know, instead of playing Fox and Sabonis, you know, most of the game, play them half the game. I mean, you know, that that's not going to kill anybody, right? I just – I said this on my rant. Kings can't win when they need to, and they can't lose when they need to. I mean, it's just the way it is. Can't win for losing. Can't. It's just, you know – it's frustrating. You beat the Bulls last night, 112 to 103. And the Bulls right now are in a big tailspin. I don't know what the hell has happened to them. But you look at what Sacramento is doing, and you're like, wait a minute, hold on. Don't screw up this year. The year has been awful. You've been terrible. It's been been a horrible season. And now you're going to ruin it by going on and winning some games at the end of the year. Why would you want to do that for? And what I'm saying is the players don't give a damn about the draft pick. 
But management can say, hey, we're going to start playing some of the younger guys and make it more challenging to win. That's all I'm saying. All right, NBA tonight, Memphis at Indiana. Brooklyn is in Orlando. You have Detroit traveling to Miami. And New Orleans host the Phoenix Suns. All right, so your standings now in the respective conferences with the season winding down. You look at the East, it seems to me that your top 10 teams are decided. Charlotte and Atlanta, Brooklyn and Toronto. All right, they're your 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th. It goes Toronto 7, Brooklyn 8, Atlanta 9, Charlotte 10. Charlotte has 35 losses. Washington has 38 losses and five fewer wins. So Charlotte, those are your top 10 teams in the East. The six that I don't have to mention plus seven through 10. Meanwhile, in the West, things are not as clear. All right. Minnesota is in. They're going to be your seventh team in all likelihood at 40 and 30. The Clippers in all likelihood are going to be eighth at 36 and 35. The question is, who's going to be nine and 10? The Lakers are 29 and 39. And the Pelicans are 10th at 28 and 40. Then you have the Blazers at 41 losses, San Antonio at 43 losses, and Sacramento at 45. So to me, the only teams that are really – you have the Lakers, the Pelicans, and the Blazers. In all likelihood, they're your three teams fighting for two spots uh, in the play-in tournament. So if you want to chat on that, you know the routine. Let's do it. All right, if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, how about this? All right, the Cowboys thought they had a deal with Randy Gregory. All right, they thought they had a deal. Now it appears that Gregory is going to go to the Denver Broncos. Ed Warder was the one that said that, you know, the Cowboys because of this, now have high interest in Von Miller. Huh. Boy. Now, you know about Gregory's past suspensions, and the guy, when he's on the field, is really, really good. We know that. But, you know, he's 29 years old, now joins Bradley Chubb as the starting outside linebacker's for the Denver Broncos. Now, one thing about Gregory, because of his suspensions, because of injuries, he's never started more than 11 games in a season. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. But still, you know, this is a Cowboys team that thought they had a deal done with him, and it did not happen. It looks like he's going to Denver. All right, any other NFL news you want to talk about, it's coming at you fast and furious. Uh, we can do it right here on Listen Up. You got the uh, NCAA tournament. You got your brackets filled out. Any um, huge, huge upsets? What do you think? All right, let's get to uh, some phone calls here. Why don't we get the show started off on this busy, busy time in the sports world, and uh, we say hello to Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you today? Great, Grant. How are you? I'm good, buddy. What can I do for you? Well, I sure hate being a Raiders fan today. Oh, boy. 
Well, I didn't even get to them. I was going to get to them next. Um, that division, <laughs> holy cow, the Broncos with Wilson yeah. and how they're piling yep. on. Of course, they got Mahomes and then yep. the Chargers. The Chargers are uh, making all kinds of moves, and uh, the Raiders haven't done nothing. Not yet. You know, I mean, a lot has to do with the cap. A lot has to do with player interest. But it's uh, it's still fairly early in the proceedings. But clearly, when you look at the Raiders, everyone else around them is getting better. I don't think that's debatable. I mean, that that is for darn sure. Right. And I was just listening to Larry Kruger on YouTube. Uh, used to be on KNBR. Now he's on YouTube because... Uh, My KNBR former Raiders. intern... Yeah, he, I love Larry, but uh, yep, they said he was saying that the 49ers have put them in a bad position with Jimmy G. Basically, they told everybody they didn't want him. Now everybody's waiting for the Niners to cut him, and they might get nothing. Just like the Kings got no, nobody for Bogdanovich. Yeah, it doesn't look like yep. the Niners are going to get anything for Jimmy G. Really hard to believe. Um, it really is hard to believe. It really is. I that that is one of the top stories right now in the NFL because there are a lot of teams that would love to have Garoppolo as their quarterback and it's 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 got to be very frustrating for the 49ers that there may not be a deal out there that that would be awful it really would it would be awful you're exactly right yeah if Mitch Trubisky could get a damn job in Pittsburgh you think Jimmy G can land somewhere yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you know Larry Larry Kruger was my intern when I worked at Channel 31 how about that. I didn't know that. I, I, yep. Yeah. Goddamn KMBR, let him go. I mean, I let Larry, I, I, that's the only reason. Larry, Larry's the most, in my opinion, Larry's the most talented guy on that station. It makes no sense to me at all. I mean, I, I he's the only guy on that station that I would ever listen to. Uh, I wouldn't listen to anyone else on that station. He's, he's the most knowledgeable of any person on that station. I was very surprised when I saw that news. Yeah, he's a good down-to-earth guy, and he knows the Bay Area, and uh, yep. That was that was pure BS. Yeah, it's the business. Uh, it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. I got to be honest. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. But, you know, I don't know what's going on within the walls of that company, but I, it didn't make sense to me. I think he's the best guy they had, but they don't have him anymore. So Larry will do fine. He's talented. He'll find something. I, I, I know it's got to be hard for him, uh, but he'll be okay. I, I, hope he, I hope he does. Thank you, Grant. Take it easy. All right. Yep, you too. See you. I've had some pretty amazing interns, actually, over the years that have gone on and uh, had really good careers. And Larry's one of them. By the way, it has nothing to do with me. I'm not saying it's because uh, of me. Uh, I'm just saying I've had the pleasure of being around some young people and to watch them flourish and succeed in the business uh, has been very gratifying. Been very gratifying for a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, a lot of companies don't do internships anymore, which is so ridiculous, so absurd. You know, we stopped doing internships at the radio station in Sacramento, and it drove me crazy because I had so many talented individuals come through and do internships and go on the successful careers. And not to have that anymore is just terrible. It really is. It really bothered me. I feel it's just awful. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on Listen Up. Always good to have you on. And, uh, Mark, we need you to hit your microphone icon. And when you do, there you go. How are you, Mark? Good to talk to you today. How are you? How are you doing, Grant? Good, Mark. What's going on? Hey, Doug. Uh, I just want to uh, kind of talk a little more about 
Hey Mark, I'm putting you back in the. I'm going to put you back in the audience. I want you to do me a favor and uh, call me back in a minute or two. You you've got a very bad signal. You're breaking up on me, and it's hard to hear. So let's do it again. I definitely want to hear what you have to say. Uh, try it again in another minute. Um, you know, as far as the 49ers go and free agency, it, it's like anything else in the world. You get what the market dictates. It's like when you go to sell your house. You know, you may ha- think that your house is worth a certain price but if the market is you know in in flux if the market dictates otherwise you're only going to get so much for your house if you think your house is worth 500,000 but all the homes on your street are worth 400,000 you're probably not going to get 500,000 even though you think that's what you should get you know the market is the market it's like the housing market it's like any other market you know the 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 free agency market is can change overnight. It can absolutely change overnight. So, you know, if you're a 49ers fan, first of all, I don't think the 49ers get better without Garoppolo on the field. I really don't. I, I think Trey Lance, yes, his upside is very good. Trey Lance looks like he can be, you know, in time, a very good quarterback. I I just don't see it being this year. I I just don't. You know, I, I don't see it being this year. Now, I do like what the 49ers did in picking up uh, Charvarius Ward from Kansas City. All right. I, I, I do like that move. You know, Ward was very good with Kansas City. And it looks like the Niners there come up with a really nice player. I mean, the guy is still young. I think I read he's going to turn 26 in May. So he's got, you know, a lot of youth on him. He's he's really good. I mean, and he's on the field for almost every play. You know, he I think he he started over 50 games in four seasons with Kansas City. And the guy's good. Uh, it's a really good pickup uh for San Francisco. All right, if you're waiting on the Raiders, you know, again, the the AFC West, you know, you look at what the Chargers have done. You look at what the Broncos have done. That division now, boy, oh, man. You know, not to mention Russell Wilson joining that division. All right, let's try again with Mark. Mark, we'll uh, see if we can hear you better. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, Grant, can you hear me? Yep, much better. Go ahead. Much better. Great, great. Hey, uh, just a couple things. Larry Kruger, yeah, I really liked Larry. Uh, Didn't know he was your intern, uh, yeah. You know, you, you obviously you put out a good product. Um, sorry to see that he had to leave or he was let go at KMBR, but you know, who knows? You know, maybe the uh, Larry and Grant show. You never know. I'll tell you right now. I'd love to work with a guy like Larry because I like working with knowledgeable people, and the guy is knowledgeable. And here's something else I love about Larry: he's not only knowledgeable, but he gives you his opinion, and his opinion is how he feels, and he doesn't care whether you agree with him or not. But he has an opinion. There are too many people in sports radio that don't have opinions that are vanilla. Larry's never been vanilla, and that's I, I've always admired him for that. Yeah, you know, it's sad to see a lot of these guys, these guys, long time. You know, yep. radio guys, even with you, know, you with the Kings and then, you know, Barnett, you know, with the Warriors. Yep. I really liked him. That was a heck of a guy. Uh, guy, every time uh, you know, he came to the arena, he was so, 
you know, so pleasurable to talk with, and uh, he was the nicest guy. Yep. Around. Well, yeah. the warrior, the Warriors telecast didn't get any better when Jim Barnett left. I can tell you that. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, you know, I was I was surprised at that. Uh, speaking of the Warriors, uh, you know, it's good to see Draymond's back. Uh, yep. You know, back in the mix. Uh, last night they, you know, the other night they played really well. Uh, they got a tough game coming up against Boston. You know, tomorrow. Uh, but you know, what do you think of the Warriors team in the future? That these guys, man, they got some good young players with you know with with uh, you know Kaminga and. You know, and, and uh, they're set up very well. They're set up very well. First of all, their nucleus. Yes, they're, I think they're going to be good for a couple more years. You know, and as far as this year, you know, you and I, I think, talked about this a week or two ago. You know, the Warriors, What the only thing that matters to the Warriors, it doesn't really matter what place they're in. It, it, it really doesn't. What matters to the Warriors is when the playoffs begin, are the, the big three on the floor and healthy? And that's really what matters, okay? I'm not worried about what position they're in. I don't care, you know, if they're second or they're third. You know, they're not. They're either going to be second or third. They're not going to be one. They're not going to be four. I don't think it really matters whether they're two or three. I don't think it matters what side of the bracket they're on. If they're healthy, you and I both know no one's going to want to play the Warriors in the playoffs. So you got Curry, Thompson, and Green. If those, And I'm leaving out some key guys, too. I get that. You know, I know we're, I haven't even mentioned Wiggins yet. But the point I'm trying to make is if, they're, if their core is healthy, no one's going to want to play them, Mark. Who's going to want to play the Warriors in the playoffs if that core is healthy? I mean, I, I sure as hell wouldn't want to be matched up with them. Well, and the other the other thing too is don't forget that a lot of these young guys have got a lot of good playing experience now, especially you know with with Clay being out, Draymond being out. Yep. I mean, yep. you know, you know, and then Wiseman coming back, and and uh, you know they, these guys are going to be scary in the playoffs, and I, I look forward yep. to them. It was like uh, you know Draymond Green said the other day, he says we don't care if we come, you know, you know, or in the third place. He goes, you know, we're going to win a championship this year. That's all we're thinking about. That's all we care about. Uh, speaking of basketball, you know, we've had this discussion before and and one of the things with the Kings that, that is really frustrating with the Kings is, uh, you know, they're so bad that, you know, with the tiered pricing going on in, in the NBA basketball and sports in general, you know, how could you guarantee you're going to you buy a ticket to go see a LeBron James or a Steph Curry or you know, or, you know, some big time player coming to town that he's not going to take a rest, you know, you can't. That, it's terrible. I mean, it's, and that's how bad, that's how bad the Kings are. And the other thing too, is if you remember back in the day, the biggest fight with the Sacramento Kings and the Maloofs and building that arena downtown, what was that biggest fight that they had? Well, the parking. parking, the par- the parking was the biggest issue about the arena and the revenue from the parking. Am I am I going in a different direction? What are what are you referring to? That's what I'm referring to. Parking. So yep. here's the di- the city was the one who didn't want to give up the parking to to the ownership. Right. Well, and also what was also sold, you know, um, building that arena was all the restaurants and all the revenue that was going to be made with the Kings coming downtown. This team has cost the city of Sacramento some money. And I've talked about this in the past, but nobody really wanted to talk about it because a lot of the stuff being tied to that arena was bringing business business to downtown and bringing the kings to downtown. Nobody wants to go downtown right, anymore. All right, all right, I'm going to stop you there real quickly, and I'm going to give you plenty of time because I want to get into this. 
they also have been hurt unbelievably so, just like everyone else in the country, with basically a two-year pandemic, which is curtailed people being in restaurants, being outside, so on and so forth. The the building is now in, what, its sixth year? So you really have to subtract two years and say it, that has nothing to do with the Kings or the lousy product. That has to do with the pandemic. So you have to keep that in mind, Mark. you got to be fair with that. I, I do keep that in mind, but four years prior to the pandemic coming, the Kings didn't put a good product on the floor. Yes, they were a novelty at the beginning. When people would show up, they would go down there because things were happening. But now that the Kings are bad and the pandemic is, I wouldn't say it's over, but I don't see this team getting any better anytime soon in the next two years, three years. You know, not as long as this ownership is in place. I agree. I don't disagree. That- which means that the city of Sacramento and anybody who's thinking about putting anything downtown near that arena and the Kings bring in business. Now, it's only 41 times out of the year. I understand that. But that's a lot of revenue for, a, for somebody to come in and put in, a, you know, put in a business and hope to get it. And so that's one of the things that really wasn't really even discussed. It, it, you know, with the Kings as bad as they are. I mean, so there's a lot of things tied to this team, you know, being putting a poor product on the floor, not being in contention for anything at later in the year. So nobody wants to go to a game. My daughter just said, you know, she lives in San Francisco now. She lived on the East Coast for a long time. She's now in San Francisco. She was going to come into town. She was asking about the Kings. I said, I'm sorry. I'm not going to go give those guys any money. I said, you know, I, you know, I appreciate you, you know, wanting to go and, you know, support the team. But, you know, as I said, I can't go. I mean, not as long as not as long as they're going to put this type of product on the floor. And, I'll, you know, so, that, you know, that's that's where I'm hey, at. Here, here's here's the reality of the situation. Vivek Ranadivi has pushed away a lot of fans from spending their money uh, with this franchise. That's just that that's not even debatable. I've had too many conversations with people I know and too many conversations with people I don't know that have told me they're not giving Vivek Ranadive another dime of their money uh, because of his wokeness, uh, his social justice initiatives that have gone way overboard. You know, I can go on and on. A lot of fans have said they're done with that. And I, I, I you know, I also would would acknowledge this. If the Kings were winning 50 games every year, the fans wouldn't give a damn about those things. But when you have a bad product on top of those things, it's enough for fans to stay away. And I think that's what's going on right now. Well, and that's exactly what's going on. I mean, I, I have no desire to go down there. I mean, if they, if they had a good product, you know, down there, it'd be, you know, it'd be something to go to, you know, family event, you know, go down there with, you know, with the wife, with, with my kids, go down there, have dinner, go watch a game. Uh, but I haven't been back. I've, I've probably saw a game. I think the last time I saw a game, I saw you, and that was like probably three years ago. I don't know if you remember well, that. It was probably one of the only games I golden one. Uh, would you go? But, would, you, would you go there? Would you go there for a concert? Would you go there for? Let's say that the I'm, I'm being hypothetical. Let's say the NCAA tournament was in Sacramento this year, and the first round games were going. Would you? Is that something that would interest you? Would you? Is it? Is it? The, is it specifically 100% the Kings, or is it downtown Sacramento as well? It's 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 100% the Kings. But, if, if, okay. but I tell you what, Brett, one of the one of the best events I ever worked in in my life. And I'll never forget it. It was the best experience. When I started in 1997, I started working at, uh, at Arco Arena. My first event ever was three nights of Garth Brooks, and I got hooked on country wow. music ever since. Then. Wow. And, and yep. then my, yep. my my other best event that I worked 
at the arena was when was when Denny Crump came, you know, for the NCAA. Yep. I mean, yep. seeing the NCAA basketball, that's the best. If anybody has a yep. chance to go to one of those events, that's the best event you ever want to go yep. to. These, I mean, the crowd is alive. The students are there. It's just electric. Yep. And that was, as yep. a worker, I was really appreciative because people were so kind and, and, you know, it was fun. It was one of the best events. But I would go back to see those. But as far as I right. see the King, no. Yeah, not at all. All right. Hey, Mark, be good, man. All Thank right. you. Hey, by the way, uh, uh, my podcast today is part one of my Arco Arena memories. I'm going to do a couple different things this week. Uh, coming up tomorrow at 5 o'clock Pacific, I'm going to be on No Filter Network with Arco Arena memories. So you can join me. It's a video platform. This is an audio platform, obviously. But No Filter is similar to this except for it's a video platform. And I want to hear from you. That's tomorrow, 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. All right? Arco Arena Memories on No Filter Network. So make a little note of that. That is going to be coming up tomorrow. Then on Friday, I will have part two of my podcast with Arco Arena Memories. As Mark worked at Arco Arena for a number of years, you know, and it doesn't have to be King's memories. Uh, it can be anything else. So we'll do that tomorrow on no filter network, but I want your, I would love for you to join me because I'm going to give you my memories, but I want to hear yours and we can do it on a, a video platform. It's streaming. It's very easy. You go to no filter.net. It's simple as pie. All right. I'll also put the link out on my social media page on Twitter. All right. So it's very easy. Uh, it's simple as can be. It's just similar to this. You want to come on, you hit the what we call it the knock button on no filter. I put you up on cue. You're on with me and we can see each other. All right. So it's no filter dot net, no filter network. Join me tomorrow at five o'clock Pacific. All right. So tomorrow I'll be on at three o'clock Pacific here. And then two hours later, uh, I'll be doing it on No Filter Network. Let me hear from you. Are you staying away from the Kings because of the product, because of the ownership, a combination of the two, or none of the above? Well, I, I would love to know what's keeping you away from the games. Is it clearly the win-loss record? Is it ownership of Vivek Ranadive? What's keeping you away from the games? Because a lot of people are like, Mark, I get I get messages every day. Every single day I get messages from people that are saying that they're done. And a lot of them have said they're done because of Vivek. And his, his he's so overboard. He's so over the top with his social justice initiatives that it's turned a lot of people off. It just has. It's turned a lot of people off. And I, you can't blame them, you know? And it's not me talking, although I feel the same way. But this is people that I've talked to. They, they don't want anything to do with him. They want they feel that he cares more about getting notoriety for social justice initiatives and things of that nature than about having a good basketball team. I mean, you know, he, he's the owner of the Kings. His first priority is to put a good product on the floor. 
Everything else is secondary. That's his job as an owner. Okay? Now, I know you could say, well, no, Grant, you're wrong. His job as an owner is to make money. Well, you know what? You're going to make a lot more money with a winning team than with a losing team. So I would disagree with you. Winning comes first. And then if you want to, you know, get involved in this, get involved in that, you know, be be a leader of this initiative, that initiative, that's fine. Go for it, you know. But your first responsibility is to put a good product on the floor. That's your job, okay? That's your job. You know, your job is not to go overboard with your off-the-court activities. That's not what you're the owner for. You're the owner of the Kings, first and foremost, to put a good product on the floor. And you haven't done that. If, if anything, you get it's getting worse. It's not getting better. And that, that's not even debatable. Now, we, we, we don't even have to debate that. The team's getting worse. It's not getting better. All right, let's move along. Let's get to uh, some more folks right here on Listen Up with Jerry. Hey, Jerry, how are you today? I'm fine, Grant. How are you doing? Good, buddy. What's going on? Hey, uh, do you think uh, David Stern would have uh, would have stepped in right now with the mess the Kings are and talked to ownership, just try to figure out something? Well, he would have had uh, some stern conversations, no pun intended, uh, behind the scenes. As far as stepping in publicly, no. I mean, it's the same thing in New York with James Dolan. But I, I know and knew David Stern well enough uh, that he would have been on the phone with Vivek Ranadive. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now, I'm not saying that Adam Silver hasn't. I don't know that. But I do know for a fact that David Stern would have been, yes. But there's nothing nothing that can be done because the team is bad. It's bad ownership. The league can't do anything about that. You know, Grant, I, you know what? I'm a longtime Kings fan, Grant, and I love my Kings, and I'm, I'm glad they were here and didn't move to Seattle. Uh, but, man, I mean, <laughs> the games, you know, just sometimes it's very bad to watch. Well, you never know what you're going to get night tonight. I mean, the team goes out and beat the Bulls the other night, even though the Bulls came in struggling. And then, you know, you look at some of the horrific losses they've had by l- large margins. And you just go, what the hell is going on? Uh, you know, first of all, defensively, they're an embarrassment. I mean, that's the one thing that has just not changed. Defensively, they are, you know, year in, year out, one of the very worst teams in basketball. This year, the Kings are allowing, you ready for this? 110.3 points a game. The only team in the Western Conference that are worse than that defensively, all right? Um, uh, Actually, take that back. The Kings are allowing 115.3 points per game. I was reading the wrong column. The only team in the West worse than that are the Houston Rockets. And there's no team in the East worse than that. The Kings are allowing the second most points in the NBA. I mean, it's awful. 115.3 points a game. You're not going to win playing that way. Defensively, they're an atrocious team. Grant, how many years have we been hearing about, oh, defense this, defense that? Every year. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Every year. That's all you hear about. You know, you hear about, well, gee, the Kings are going to be better defensively, and that's what we're going to work on. Then you're going to go out and hire a a quote-unquote defensive specialist in Doug Christie. And I've always said, you know, the Kings have had a lot of really good defensive coaches come and go over the years, but they don't have the personnel that's capable of playing defense. That's very obvious to me. Grant, thanks for taking my call. Love the show. You take care, Jerry.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. I, frustrating as all heck. I mean, they, they don't get better defensively. They get worse every year. It's hard to do. You know, statistically, they are a little bit better defensively this year, but by a whisker. I mean, it's hard. Last year, they set records for futility uh, and defense. It was terrible. All right, Blair, you're next. Hello, Blair. What's going on? Not much, Grant. Good to hear your voice. Thank, Thank you, man. You great. Thank you. great. Thank you. Appreciate you calling. What can I do for you? I just wanted to add uh, some. What you said is, you know, you listen to a lot of the popular podcasts or, um, you know, the people on the air from uh, your former station, and you know, you, you get the sense that like they're surprised about how this season has gone. And you look back. I mean, last year. We were historically the worst defensive team in the history of the NBA. Yes. And 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 what did we do to fix that? We we, we brought back the same exact team with the same exact coach. You know, are we surprised by what we got this year? I'm certainly not. Yeah, the only the only addition to the team really was Davion Mitchell, who is a good defensive player, but he's a liability right now on offense. And so, you know, it's it's challenging until he grows offensively. You know, as far as the coach, you did right. They did bring back the same coach in Luke Walton. But, you know, since defense has been uh, the same issue year after year after year, it's not coaching. I mean, uh, you know, it's the no, same absolutely. same. It's, it's not coaching. It's just the personnel on the team. And I, I, I understand, Blair. Blair, you're 100 percent correct, by the way. Yeah, and and going forward, I mean, I want to get your take. Uh, you know, I, I have, certainly have my hopes in terms of what uh, who we could hire next year. But I mean, knowing Monty, knowing the uh, the people that are in that organization, do you have any people you think are front runners who 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 have a better shot than than others? You're not going to get a big name coach to come in. Uh, the reality is, they're going to wait for a different job. You're going to have to get a, you know, an up and coming young coach who is either an assistant right now uh, who would take a job with less security financially. You know, the word is out that Vivek Ranadive is a very difficult guy to coach for. I mean, you can ask any coach. They might not tell you publicly, but I know I can 100% guarantee you they'll tell you privately. He's not a guy that you want to coach for. Uh, everyone would tell you that. Luke Walton would tell you that. Dave Yeager will tell you that. Uh, Michael Malone will tell you that. George Carl will tell you that. George actually <laughs> would tell you publicly. George has been very open about that. You can ask any coach that has been here under Vivek Ranadive. Every single one will tell you the exact same thing. All right? 
Not not a guy that you want to coach for. Not a guy that you want to be employed by. He's just very difficult to deal with because he thinks he knows more than you. And that's just the way it is. And again, I, I'm just telling you, every single coach that I just named would tell you that. And George Carl will tell you that publicly, but all the others would tell you that privately. And it's not it, the, this. It, there's no mystery about what's going on in Sacramento as far as coaching goes. Uh, the only coach that's coming here is a coach that needs the money. That's the reality. Or a first-year coach, a coach that's an assistant right now that wants to become a head coach. Listen, I don't know Monty McNair, I, and, I don't, I, and I'm not saying anything bad about Monty McNair because I don't know him. The only team in the NBA that was going to hire Monty McNair to be the general manager is the Sacramento Kings. What's Monty going to do? Say no? Of course he's going to take the job. You know, it's a big, big uh, uh, raise in pay and maybe his only opportunity in his life to be a GM of an NBA team. Why is he? Not? So it's the same thing on the coaching rank. You know, if you're going to hire uh, a coach, are you going to get a coach that's been in the league before? Or, or are you going to get a an assistant who's been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and feels like if they don't take the Sacramento job, they're never going to get a head coaching job? More than likely, those are the type of coaches that are going to be out there. Yeah, that's uh, it's a real uh, dash of optimism. <laughs> well, I could be wrong. You know, I could yeah. be wrong. Listen, there are a lot of guys that want to be NBA head coaches, and there are only 30 teams. And there are some former NBA coaches. You know, Dave Yeager would love to become a head coach again. Now, I'm not saying he'd come back to Sacramento, but my point is there are a lot of guys like Dave Yeager that are waiting for their phone to ring to get an opportunity. And if you're a guy like Dave Yeager, who's now been out of the head coaching ranks, you know, he's the lead assistant with Philly. How much longer are you willing to wait? You know, there are guys like that out there, you know, good coaches that are hoping that their phone rings. Yeah, and I, I certainly, the thing that I'm kind of, you know, hoping for, and maybe it's a pipe dream at this point, but maybe maybe the Jazz implode in the playoffs, and, you know, Quinn Snyder's been there eight years. So that that, that might, you know, if they made a change there, I would throw I would throw as much money as I needed to to try and get that guy, you know. Yeah, but you know what? If you're Quinn Snyder, you're going to have a lot of other opportunities that are better than Sacramento. If Quinn Snyder gets fired from the Jazz, his phone's going to be ringing off the hook. He'll go to another team. He's not going to go to Sacramento, in my opinion. Just, just my opinion. It would not happen. It would yeah, not well, happen. But whoever, whoever they end up uh, getting with, I just hope that uh, you know. Obviously, all these coaches, you know, they're they're have focused on defense and and that kind of stuff. I just hope the next guy uh, really holds some of these players accountable. Because, you know, some of these guys have all the tools that they need to be a good defensive player. And it's just about it's just about well, effort. Well, I'll tell you this. I've always felt that way. And then I've been proven wrong. It's not about the coaching holding guys accountable. It's that they just don't have guys that know how to play defense. You know, real quickly, you know, I'm going to use an example. Look at what Minnesota's done. They went out and hired Chris Finch. They got ripped for it. All right. They got destroyed for hiring Chris Finch, but the general manager wanted Finch, thought he would be a very good head coach. And guess what? He has turned out to be a very good head coach, despite all of the criticism uh, and and what Minnesota, uh, you know, they're 40 and 30. So there are guys out there like that. All right. But but you, you need to find that gem. But but you and I both know this player. You know, if you have limited talent, it really doesn't matter who your coach is. You're only going to go so far in the NBA. 
You just that's the reality of the situation. I don't know if the Kings have enough talent. They got Sabonis, who's an All Star. I'm, st- you know, I know Fox has been on a tear, but I'm, I'm still not, I'm, I'm not sold on Fox as the point guard that can take this team to a 50 win plateau. I just don't, I don't see it. I don't think he's yeah, that guy. I, I really don't. I would agree with you on that. And over the last two years, I mean, if you uh, obviously you have to filter out uh, some of the players, you know, with, with the amount of minutes they play, but you look at his defensive rating the last two Terrible. years, and, and yeah, and, and not only that, just the effort. I mean, there there was a yep. there was a, a play. I don't know if you watched the whole game against the Knicks, but there's a play where it was like three on three. R.J. Barrett had the ball at half court driving, and I don't I don't know what De'Aaron did. He looked like he tried to scare him or something, but he just went right by him. I mean, literally no effort, and that's great. You know, hey however many games he has 20 points we, we get it but the, the the scoring that matters is the amount that you give up to the other team and it's always that's right be that way. jerry reynolds always used to tell me he said every every team has a leading scorer and that means every bad team has a leading scorer there's a lot more to the game than just scoring you're spot yeah, on uh, and, and we had you know we had uh, mark was on before you uh, a couple of calls ago and he made an interesting observation. He doesn't see this team being good for at least two or three years and two or three years. And I would agree with it uh, because right now the Kings are not relevant in the Western conference. You're not going to get a top tier free agent to come to Sacramento. And, you know, unless you get real lucky with the ping pong balls, you're probably going to be no better than fifth, which is still good. But my, and, and you're, if you get a one and done in the draft, that player is not going to really be ready to make an impact for probably three years. And that, so I don't know how this team Blair, is going to be a playoff team in the near future. I just don't see it happening. No, there, I, 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 I don't see it either. And, and I think a big mistake was, and, and I, I don't want to get into the, you know, bashing the trade or whatever. Cause Sabonis is a very, very good player, but I think that trade highlights the differences between two organizations. If you look over the last 35 years in terms of winning percentage, I think the Pacers are sixth at like 54%. Uh, all by all accounts, a franchise that hey, maybe they haven't won a title, but over the course of that amount of time, they have continually made good decisions. And you have two organizations that one the Pacers was able to look at themselves. And I think if you were to ask any Kings fan, whose roster would you take at the beginning of the year? I think you would agree that the Pacers have a much more talented roster and they were able to look at themselves in the mirror and say, you know what, this mix of players is not working and we need, we need to, we need to punt. And they effectively did that and got a great young talented player. And I I just, you know, I, I don't, I don't have the same faith in our organization and we have, yeah. we've, we've proven that we don't have that track record. Well, so, here's the deal. If, if you had a chance, would you take the Pacers history or the Kings history? You're going to take the Pacers, you know, 10 times to zero, you know, with their track record. So you, you do make a very good point. Uh, you know, and Halliburton's played very well since going over there and Buddy Heald's played very well since going over there. It's going to be interesting to watch that game in a couple of days when Sacramento, st- st- you know, goes on the road to start their road trip, you know, against Indiana. But uh, it's going to take, honestly, Blair, if you got to be objective about this, and I'm not saying you're not, but it's really going to take three full years to see how this trade turns out. First of all, the Kings need to keep Sabonis. And let's just say the Kings don't improve next year and really don't look like they're improving in the second part of the following year. Why would Sabonis want to stay in Sacramento? I mean, I don't see why he would stay there. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, I think Monty, I, I think he, he, I think he tried to shop De'Aaron and I think the, the, I agree. What, yeah, I think what he heard back was not, not the value that I think a lot of Kings fans think he has league wide. I mean, and what you said, I, I, maybe a week or two ago and, and what, you know, one of your friends said, I think it's spot on. I mean, the comparisons between him, I mean, John wall and I mean, going forward, it's e- with each year, then that figure goes up. It's going to be harder yep. and harder to move him. That's correct. Uh, the, the person I spoke to, I respect uh, his basketball acumen uh, maybe as much as anyone that I've ever dealt with. And when he when he made that comment, I was like, wow, that's a hell of an analogy right there. And I, I think he could be spot on with that. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to win in this league when you have a ball dominant guard who's inefficient and doesn't play defense. I mean, it's just the bottom line. Well, I can't disagree with that. I mean, uh, we've talked about his shooting, particularly. We won't even talk about defense right now in terms of his outside shooting. The game is a three-point game now. It's a perimeter game. There's really no debating that. And De'Aaron Fox is so inconsistent with his perimeter shot. I, I, I And he's now completed his fifth year. He is who he is. That's not all of a sudden just going to start getting better. I don't see that. I mean – you know, his 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 season average from three this year, you ready for this? His season average this year is 29.8%. All right, now his last three games, or excuse me, his last 10 games, it's gotten better at 38%, but it's not a 10-game season. For yeah. his career, his career, he's a 32% three-point shooter. And here's the other aspect of him. He is, for a career, a 72 0.5% free throw shooter. That's terrible. He needs to be 80% or above. His free throw shooting is a liability as well. Why do I think that all of a sudden, after five years, that's just going to be significantly better? I, I don't I don't have confidence in that. Yeah, and, and I'd like to get your take on this. And, and we keep hearing, uh, you know, obviously the national media and all of the attention, you know, I, I, last time I checked, I think Russell Westbrook was shooting 30% from three. And yep. all the heat that he has taken this year, I mean, I think it's kind of, you know, if you're a max contract guy, man, you you got that responsibility. And, and for, a large, right. for a large thing, I, I think, I mean, how would Darren be doing if he was in New York or in Philadelphia and having the, the way that his season went this year? I mean, he's lucky he plays here. <laughs> he, he It would be a really difficult uh thing to handle for De'Aaron if he played in a major market playing defense the way he's played and as many bad games as he's had this year it would be hard for him it would be hard for him now again he's on a tear right now offensively you know you look at his last 34 against Chicago I think he would he have 41 at Utah uh, 32 24 he had 44 against Dallas but guess what they've lost four of those five games and here are the points that are allowed as you pointed out 134 106 131 114. You know, there's defense, too. You can't ignore defense. So, Blair, great call. Really appreciate you chiming in. Thanks very much. Oh, thank you. Have a good one. Hey, you do the same. That was a great call right there. Really enjoyed that. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here uh, on Listen App, and uh, we check in with Waggus. What's going on today? How are you? Good, good. How are you? Good. Uh, so just had a quick question. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Um, you know, I know we talk about a coaching change with the Kings, and I know over the years Mark Jackson has been, you know, kind of in the rumors, and it's never come to fruition. 
And, you know, I mean, I understand he didn't leave the Warriors to where they ultimately wanted to go, but I, I felt like he, he kind of turned around that organization in the first few years of coaching that he did. So why is it that the Kings haven't gone after him? That's number one. And why is it that the league, you know, has not tried to bring him back as a coach? Nobody's well, the league, that, the league has no – the league can't bring him back as a coach. The league can't do that. Um, but there are teams out there – that in the past have shown some interest in Mark Jackson, but not a lot. There's a reason why Mark Jackson has not been a head coach again. I mean, it's just, it's going to be very difficult for him. Uh, would I, if I'm Sacramento, would I hire Mark Jackson? I, I, don't, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I wouldn't, but I'm not so sure that he's just a slam dunk. Yeah, you got to have Mark Jackson uh, to be your coach. There, there's some things that were, went on behind the scenes with the Warriors that have kept teams from hiring him. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I'm, I'm being very honest with you. I don't know if I would hire Mark Jackson. I think it for a team like Sacramento, I know we keep on saying this, but they just can't continue to make mistakes at the head coaching position. I think, I think Mark Jackson would be a hell of a gamble. I really do. Okay. Um, and I guess my follow-up to that is, is it, is Mark Jackson not, you know, a head coach in the league because of his personality or his coaching ability then? You said, I yeah. think it's more. I think more. It's it's uh, his personality and things off the court as it uh, compared to his coaching ability. I thought he coached his actual coaching. I thought he did a pretty good job with Golden State. I really do. Now people are gonna well, gee, you know, as soon as he left and he brought Steve Curry and look how much better they got. Yeah, well, look at look at you know when he had those guys Curry and Thompson. Look how young they were. They grew. They got you know a lot better. It's the same thing when you know Chicago got rid of Doug Collins and brought in Phil Jackson. Well, you know, when Doug Collins was coaching, Michael Jordan was very young and still by NBA accounts raw. And it's, I thought, unfair to blame that on Doug Collins. Just like, you know, Mark Jackson had a younger, very young Steph Curry and a young Clay Thompson, and he's not going to be as good. You know, guys get experienced to get more mature. So, you know, that's part of it as well. Okay, and of course I'm a Niners fan as well, so I just had a yep. question for you. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo does have his limitation, but the guy, you know, does does win. He does win. Yes. You know, so I guess my question is, do the Niners just roll the dice because because the locker room does love him and he has a proven track record of winning. So yep. do you keep him for a year or like what do you do? Well, I, I if you're asking me, I would. But they gave up a fortune to get Lance, and they have to get good while he's on his rookie uh, deal. Uh, I don't think the Niners are a playoff team this year with Trey Lance, a quarterback. I'm just giving you my forecast. I, if I'm wrong, I'll come on here and say I'm wrong. I think if Trey Lance starts week one, the 49ers will not be a playoff team. I really believe that. So, you know, if, you, if you're thinking about winning and you think you have a Super Bowl-caliber team, and I think the 49ers do – then your best chance is with Jimmy Garoppolo, in my opinion. But I don't see that happening. Okay, then, you know, obviously Shanahan is a complete wizard. Why not? If he Obviously, he's not sold on Lance, right? So why not try to trade for him? And get I wouldn't say that. Him? I wouldn't say he's not sold on Lance. I would say that Garoppolo gave them the best chance to win last season. I, I, I don't know if I would put... That, and phrase it, Shanahan 
is not sold on Lance. I don't know if I would say that at all. I would say that Shanahan felt that the team's best chance to win week in, week out last year was with Garoppolo. You got to remember, Lance went to a small college and had not played for almost two full years of football because of the pandemic when he came to San Francisco. You just can't ignore that. Okay, and then the last thing is, and I appreciate your time, is, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, he, he does get a lot of hate, right? From all yes. People, from everybody yes. in the media. Um, is is all of that true, or is it just, you know, it's just because, I mean, what is the biggest problem with Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, the biggest problem with Garoppolo is there are times in a game where a routine throw is not executed. We saw it in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl against Kansas City when he missed Kittle wide open a couple of times. That's the biggest, I think, knock on Garoppolo. Now, the last several games this year, he was playing with a shoulder injury and a thumb injury, and I give the guy all the credit in the world. And as you said, the players absolutely love him in the locker room. But there are times when the simple routine throw is missed. And I think that's the frustrating part with Garoppolo because he does so many other things very well. Now, here's another aspect you mentioned about Lance. The other the other thing about Lance, and you talked about Shanahan and his offensive mind, I'm not confident at all that Lance is going to be able to stay on the field with the way he plays in the NFL. I, I could see that guy having a lot of injuries, so that would concern me as well. So if Garoppolo is not with the 49ers, they need a veteran quarterback on that roster so that if Lance is the guy week one, he gets hurt. They've got a guy they can go to that can keep the ship afloat. Okay, and and I'll just say, you know, obviously that NFC Championship game, I felt like when when Ward or I'm sorry, was it Tart? Yeah, that dropped that interception. I I honestly yep. thought that was a game. Wouldn't you agree? Yep. Right. You never know, but it was a huge play. I mean, you know, who's to say the Niners don't fumble on the next uh, play or whatever? But yeah, that was huge. I mean, the momentum, the, the momentum changer on that particular play had that been intercepted that would have been uh, gigantic hey thanks for the call really appreciate it all right bye-bye all right uh great to have you with us mark wants to come back on so uh we'll chime in with uh, mark again here on this edition mark what's going on Man, real quick uh, the conversation came up so real quick on garoppolo two things garoppolo can't do one he can't throw a deep ball another thing he can't look up uh defensive backs and he can't scramble, and he can't process off uh, defenses. So, so there's a lot wrong with Jimmy Garoppolo. So well, you know what, though? But you know what? For, for, for all the things that he can't do, he got the Niners. Uh, he won one NFC championship game and was in a Super Bowl. And for all the other things he can't do, took him to another NFC championship game. So I think you're being a little too hard on him. Uh, let's give the defense some. Let's give the defense some credit, okay? They got a okay. defense, and okay. So uh, I, we could get into this another time. But what our, what I want to call back about is we know that Vivek Ranadive, the guy cannot run a run a team. Has there ever and can there ever be pressure by the fan base or somebody, and you know, send a message to the NBA, send a message to the ownership file a class action lawsuit against this team about the way this team has been run and the way the, you know, I mean, it's just, you can't file a class action lawsuit. Listen, if you really want to make an impact, the best way to make an impact on an ownership is by the fans not going to the games. 
All right. Now, I, I, I've been very open about this, Mark, both for year after year. I've been saying this for years. I'm never going to go on the air, whether it's on this app or a 50,000 watt radio station or a TV station and tell fans to boycott the games. I'm not going to do that. But if you want to make the biggest uh, noise, if you want to send the strongest message, that's the way to do it. Uh, you can't file a class. What are you going? What are you going to file a class action lawsuit on? I mean, the guy's done a bad job as an owner, but you know, what are you going to win? I mean, you're gonna, how are you going. How are you going to prove that in court? Well, for one, is the city was sold. The city was sold on this team. Bringing them downtown would bring a lot of business downtown. The arena would bring a lot of business downtown. This team, the fans aren't going to the games, Grant. You're having fans that go into the games right now. They can't even see the players that they want to see. It's back to the old days when I started working for this organization. People are going to see other players play. They're not going to see their own team play. And that's what's really sad about this whole thing. Going back to the Thomases. We're back to the Thomas days. The Thomases were great people, you know, but they weren't they weren't really great owners, you know. And, and, and Alvin Gentry, all the coaches that you had mentioned that come in here, you know, Michael Malone, who was a defensive specialist, he couldn't even turn this team around. What is he doing now? You know, I mean, just look at the team, Alvin Gentry. And I thought, I thought bringing in Luke Walton, I tell you the truth, Grant, anybody, when, when Kerr went out injured, you know, when he went out and he didn't coach for a while, pretty much the team that they had, I could have went out there and coached that team, just put those guys out there because Draymond Green basically you know, is a good facilitator. And, and, you know, you've got Steph Curry, you've got Clay Thompson, you know, I mean, Luke Walton, I think was, was one of the worst hires. And I'll tell you, if they get rid of Alvin Gentry, I wouldn't doubt if they hire Christie as the head coach. Well, that would be a disaster. That that would be a disaster. If they hire Doug Christie as the coach, it will be a disaster. (laughs) Well, Doug Christie for a long time, I couldn't understand as a defensive specialist, you know, I mean, why they didn't bring him in? They brought in Vladi. Well, now they finally brought him in as assistant. Don't be surprised if he's the head coach. Well, if they get rid of Alvin. If, well, if he is, it's going to be the same thing over and over again. You, it's it, he's it's going to be it's going to be the same thing over and over again. Well, he's there for a reason, and it's just not for that. I, I got a feeling. Well, 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 we'll see. We'll see. My feel. All right. Thanks for the call. You know, listen, the one thing the Kings have to do here, all right, is if if, if Alvin Gentry is not back, and I don't I don't think he will, then to me, you're going to have to overpay to get a quality coach. That's just the reality is you have to overpay to get a quality coach. If you're going to take a disaster, which is what the Kings are, and put a young, inexperienced coach like Doug I'm sorry, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. So you got to be smart about this. And, uh, boy, how frustrating, right, to be a Kings fan and have to even listen to these type of conversations. Wow. Brutal. All right. Uh, If you want to get in on the program today, you can do so. Remember, tomorrow, 3 o'clock Pacific, And then two hours later, I'm going to go on No Filter Network and we'll talk about some Arco Arena memories. Would love your participation on that. You go to nofilter.net and you hit the knock button, similar to just what they, it's, it actually looks like a hand. And you do that. I bring you up on the internet with me and we can 
have some interaction. We can actually get several people on there at once, and we can have a roundtable discussion, which might be fun. So we'll do that tomorrow, all right, on No Filter Network, 8 o'clock Eastern, uh, 5 o'clock Pacific. Tomorrow, of course, listen app right here uh, at 3 o'clock Pacific. Listen, you, you, you can't have a class action lawsuit. That What are you going to do? You know, you can't. That that's not that's not viable. That's not going to work. But and again, I'm not. I'm never going to tell fans to boycott. I just who am I to tell fans what to do in terms of how to spend their money? I'm never going to tell you how to spend your money. You can do what you want. If you enjoy going to the games, go to the games. You know, if you enjoy watching players on other teams, go ahead. Right? I'm never going to tell you not to do that. If you don't want to go to the games, don't go. You don't want to support the team because of ownership. I applaud you for that because you're sticking up for what you believe in. But that's fine. It's your choice. I've never felt it's my job or even my place to tell you how to spend your entertainment dollar. I don't tell you what plays to go see. You know, I don't tell you whether to go to the theater or not. You know, I, I don't tell you don't go watch this team or that team or don't spend money on this concert or that. It's your money. It's your, your, your entertainment. It's not mine. It's yours. Do what you want. Do what you want. But, I mean, there would be no stronger message in any sport. I've always said this. than fans not going to the games. You know, why do you think the fans don't go to watch the Oakland Athletics? They put a good product on the field every single year, Right but they can't get people to go to the games. People go, well, gee, you know, people don't want to go to the Oakland. Well, gee, you know, they went to the, the, the same parking lot in the same city, uh, you know, a less than a sand wedge away to go watch the Warriors play. Even when the Warriors were bad, you know, a lot of the fans still would go to the games. Well, people go, well, you know, the, uh, the, the stadium's a dump. well, I, you know, it's funny. I've never gone to a game for all the bells and whistles at a stadium. Yeah, it's nice, but don't you go to the game to watch the game? Is sitting at the Oakland Coliseum that bad to watch a game? I used to go to games there when the Yankees played all the time. I never thought it was bad. People, oh, gee, it's Oakland. Driving to the, well, you know, people drive to go watch the Raiders on Sundays. They were driving to go watch the Warriors play 41 games a year. You know, you can always make excuses for not going. It's easy to do. But, you know, whoever put the music on, thank you very much. At least it was good music. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on Listen App. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We check in with Jeff. Jeff, good afternoon. How are you today? I'm doing well. It's good to hear you, Grant. Thank hey, you. Uh, so, I, I think what you've been talking about segues really well into the comment I wanted to make, and it's that I... I, uh, I've been kind of battling with people over the past couple of days on Twitter because work's not as fun as it used to be. So I've been battling with people and specifically about this. I think Kings fans are, we, we don't demand enough from this team and it's starting to drive me insane. All the platitudes. I know James Ham's been posting some of the comments and he does every game from Alvin Gentry after games and, Gentry's been making a few comments here and there about, hey, you know, this is uh, one of those fan bases where if you show up and you hustle, you know, they'll they'll show up for you and they'll 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 root for you and they'll love you. And I just sat there the other day and I don't know what clicked, but I finally went, oh my gosh, I can't I can't do the platitudes anymore. All of these, you know, hey, we're going for some play-in games. Everybody get excited. All we want's a 500. Hey, all we want's a lot of hustle. Come on, come on. This is an NBA or it's a multi-billion dollar organization. Put something on the court that can actually compete in the NBA. I don't want a 500 team. I want a team that's going to win. I want a team that's exciting to watch. I want all those things. We give up way too much. And I think what you're saying right now is the perfect example of that. Kings fans still show up to games and it's because we're fine with mediocre. Maybe it's a Sacramento issue in general. We're we're all just well. Okay first of all, a lot of fans. Well, first of all, the, yeah, but a lot world. of fans are not. A lot of fans are not showing up for the games. You know, the, the attendance has been terrible this year. So a lot of fans are not showing up for the games. That's number one. Number two, you know, I have a lot of respect for Alvin Gentry. I've known the guy for a long time, and I know I know what he's dealing with. I know exactly what he's dealing with, and he's trying to find any silver lining that he can. He's been very critical of the team at some press conferences. You know, at one point he said it was the worst. You know, uh, I think I'm, I'm paraphrasing worst per- performance experience that he's ever, you know, dealt with in his coach. He talked about how the players need to find some pride. I mean, he's done it all. And so when he has a good effort, he's trying to find a silver lining and talking about the effort. That's but you're right. You you hit it right on the head, Jeff. That's how bad things have gotten when a coach now has to come out and talk about the effort and how the fans of Sacramento will appreciate just good effort. That's how bad things are. Yeah, you're 100 percent correct. That's how bad things are. That's where the franchise is right now when the head coach has to come out and compliment effort. That's how bad things are. Doesn't get much worse than that. Yep. Last uh, – so w- one more quick comment, and it goes down this whole same line of thinking. <laughs> I noticed it in myself even. My favorite player on this team right now is Dante DiVincenzo, and a lot of the, the reason why is because the guy goes out there and he's a – I don't remember his height, but he's a shorter guy, and he's going out there and he's getting rebounds. I think he had seven boards last night. It's yep. uh, I can't understand why – but th- I love those hustle guys, and I think Sacramento does. The Bobby Jacksons of the world. The, yes, yes. I have always said I love John Barry. I, I, apparently other I did too. fans have other thoughts on him, but love the guy. So I'm with you. I mean, sentence, it, it, again, I, I he, he played. 
he finally played, you know, 35 minutes last night. You know, he's still dealing with that ankle, uh, post-ankle surgery, and I think that's why Milwaukee gave up on him, and they really did give up on him uh, because before his ankle surgery, he was, you know, a nice role player for them. So, hey, you know what? We'll see. I just I, – I, my biggest issue that I see with the Kings moving forward is I don't think De'Aaron Fox is the guy to get you to where you, Jeff, just told me you want to be as a fan. I, I don't see it. I, I do not see it. His his inconsistency, his defense, uh, I don't I don't see it. I don't see him being that guy that can take this team. And I forget about the playoffs. I mean, yeah, you would love to get in. Let's say you're an eighth seed. I know right now that would be like you'd want to have a parade in downtown Sacramento. But to be a legitimate 45 to 50 win team, I'm very skeptical on whether Fox can do that or not. I, I, I don't see it. Quick question on that. I, I know we've. I, I know you've said this. You've said he's too far into his career. The the jump shot is not going to get better. And and that that being said, his three point percentage over the past since he got back from injury, I think I looked it up today, and it's like thirty eight percent. So he, hey, he's finally actually shooting fairly decent from the from the perimeter. Now, All right, let me ask you said, this. Though, let me ask you this. During that same time that you're referring to, and mm-hmm. because you're right, during that same time. He's shooting 72% from the foul line, which is terrible <laughs> for a point guard. No, I'm serious. I mean, no, no, you're, no, you're no. Ex- I, I looked yeah. it up. He had two games, one where he shot 30% and one where he shot 50%. Both, both of those in that span were the were the two games where he shot the most free throws. One was 14, one was eight. So, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, it, I, I don't know. So, so, last, now, listen, last Dave 10 games. Ga- that same sentence then. Last ten games has shown that he can't shoot well. Can he get better, or is it? Do we need to give him time? Or no, he can get better. The guy that can't get better. Well, how many players in the history of the NBA would you say were better shooters in their first year than later on in their career? Of course, he can get better. Absolutely. But De'Aaron has now played five years in the NBA, and his inconsistency with his outside shooting, I just don't see getting that much better i mean again his last 10 yeah. games you're right 38 percent three but only 72 percent from the foul line i mean what what is that all about you know <laughs> davion mitchell no really I, I really mean that davion mitchell yeah. has shown all year that he can't shoot the three ball all right he's not a good three point shooter and how about uh, Am I? Is that going to get better? Yes, it will get better. Why? Because he's a rookie, and generally, players that are rookies struggle from the perimeter and that aspect of the game. I would believe that he will get better. Will he ever be Clay Thompson? No. Will he ever be Buddy Heald shooting the three? No. But I do believe that it will get better. The question is, at what point will it t- taper off, and that will be who he is? We'll find out. You got to give him a couple of years. Yep. Okay. I agree. And then last, last quick thing. Now I've got one more thing on the defense, on the defense, De'Aaron Fox. So I, I've heard one of your, one of the callers earlier said that it has everything to do with effort. Well, then you you know what, then then it's stealing money. Then if it's effort, then it, then he's stealing money because the Kings rewarded him with a max deal. And I believe that my me being so pessimistic about De'Aaron has been all of that this year. I think his leadership has sucked. I think his attitude has sucked. 
I think his uh, the way he played for most of this season has been sucked. I think he should give the team a refund. I mean, I, obviously, <laughs> I know that doesn't happen, but I'm trying to use this for sake of conversation. He's been yeah. as disappointing as any player on the team because the Kings gave him a commitment. They said, okay, you're our guy. Here's the money. And then for much of the season, he went through the motions, in my opinion. And his effort at times, in my opinion, has been questionable. And I just don't uh, – that rubs me the wrong way when a guy is making that kind of money. We shouldn't be talking about somebody's effort that's making, you know, a, a max contract, should we? No, absolutely not. But but the, the question, does – okay, individual defense, one-on-one, a lot of it has to do with your talent, your abilities, your effort. But when you're talking about team defense, same with the offense, I guess, in this sense. But when you're talking about team defense, which, in my opinion, that's – I mean, we have certain individual guys who play decent defense. But from a team defense standpoint, rotations, closing out, all those things, it's it's so ugly to watch. I can't even express it. I I can't yell that loud on the phone. I don't want to blow anybody's ears out. So – but does that team defense, does that have to do with effort? Or does that actually, I, I feel like the bigger it's point a combination. is that we got a bunch of guys that don't know how to play basketball. I don't, I'll I know you, they're all I'll, NBA I'll, players, I'll, all right, and I'm not right, saying on, I'm better. On, I'm saying hang I don't on, think they're Hang on, enough. hang on. When the Kings were really good in the early 2000s, they're starting five. Mike Bibby, terrible defender. Doug Christie, excellent defender. Pacer Stojakovic, not a good defender. Chris Webber, not a good defender. Vlade Divac, not a very good defender. All right? But they played excellent team de- defense. I, actually, the year they won 60-plus games, they led the league in field goal percentage against. Bobby Jackson off the bench, excellent defender. Scott Pollard, excellent defender. All right? But their starters were not very good. Bibby was a liability, but Christie, you know, helped them out a lot. Peja, not good. So, but they played good team defense. This team doesn't play good individual defense, and they don't play good team defense. So, well, it's a problem. Hey, Jeff, good hearing from you, buddy. Thanks very you much. Can. All right. That's frustrating. I get it. You know, it should be better. It should be better. All right. Hey, tomorrow. Don't forget, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Listen App. And then I'm going to be on No Filter Network two hours later at 5 o'clock Pacific to talk about Arco Arena memories. And then on Friday, I will have my podcast part two of my favorite memories from that building. Saturday will be the last opportunity to go in there before the building is demolished. So, you know, let me know if you're going to go or not. My Last memory was with my wife and kids walking out of there. That's the memory that I will cherish. That's the one that I want everlasting uh, in my mind. If you go, enjoy it. Take some pictures, reminisce, and uh, just know that that will be the last time you will ever be in that building. Appreciate the phone calls today. I appreciate you. Don't forget tomorrow, 3 o'clock Pacific, right back here on Listen App. Until then, Grant Napier saying so long. is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.